I don't know if anybody knows, but it's cold in Vegas. And I don't know what it's like in Orlando, but my next guest, I know he does. And I can't tell you how honored I am to talk to this guy, this man, this mentor, this friend, a brother from the Bagram days, Mr. Rodney Barner, United States Air Force retired, recent graduate, but I won't say too much because I know he's here listening. Rodney, you there, brother? Hey, man, how you doing today? I'm all right. right here. Oh, man, I tell you what, I miss that voice of yours, man. <laughs> hey, man, good to hear from you too, bro. Good to hear from you too. Man, so so obviously, you know, the listeners, you know, they're going to they're gonna listen to this. And, um, you know, no doubt, you know, they're going to be like, whoa. Like the first time when we talked and I was like, holy smokes. And, you know, we was just kind of doing a little warm up before this interview. And and I feel like getting a little Barry White up in here. You know, I found hey, that. Man. I found that beat just for you, man. So do you want to tell the audience a little bit about you and uh, so hey. that they know what we're talking about? My pleasure. Um, as you say, I'm from Orlando, Florida. I retired from the military, from the Air Force uh, six years ago. I did 24 years within it, within uniform, and saw your name on many emails going across the the airways through the years, and we finally culminated back in 2013 over in Afghanistan, and uh, we've been a friend, we've been friends, and been brothers ever since, and it's been a journey, it's been a journey, but uh, that is my case in a nutshell. Man, I love it, man. And I know I remember uh, many, many conversations in the middle of the road. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, I don't know if you know, Vegas looks just oh, like yeah. damn Afghanistan. Just take everything away. It literally is identical. <laughs> and it's probably why I settled for home here, man. But, um, yeah. um, you know, you, you said a few things, you know, one, you know, you're, you're relaxing, you're residing down there in Florida. Is it, is it cold down there? I've never been in Orlando at this time of the year. Well, I guess it depends on a definition of cold. I'm born and raised here. And whenever you say uh, 60 degrees, 68 degrees, you know, we walk around in mucklucks, parkas, and overcoats at 68 degrees. So, uh, but to answer your question, we'll be in like the mid 70s on today. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you what, it's cold here. You know, this the, the, the desert gets really cold in the, in the winter. Um, you probably, yeah. you might see jokes and it may be like that in Florida. I don't know, you know, but they'll tell you that we have all four seasons in one day, uh, in the winter time here. Cause it's <laughs> I, literally I winter, spring, <laughs> fall, and then right back to, you know, and, and it's, uh, well, actually let me see winter, spring, summer, and then fall towards the evening and then recycle. So let me get my, uh, my facts straight before someone's like, Hey dummy, it, it don't go, uh, <laughs> winter summer fall spring <laughs> or maybe it does i don't know yeah. but uh man it is it is really right. my honor to reconnect uh, well we never disconnected but um i'm appreciative no, you. so you did 20 you bro 24 years 24 24 yeah, man did, did 24 and uh it's been a like i said it's been a journey and um the best time that I've had, one of the best times I've had was over in Afghanistan, uh, just opportunity to, uh, to serve. And another extent was, uh, 
up in Dover, Delaware, the uh, Port Mortuary. That was another highlight of my career. So yeah. just the opportunity to see both sides of the spectrum in that regard has also been just a blessing in all in all forms. Well, you know, and you you know, you're uh, you're a man of God. Um, yes, sir. And you know, you know, my PTSD is from when I did mortuary affairs in Iraq. Um, yeah, and several other things. You know, we even had you know the the. So, you know, we had some of those ramp ceremonies that we went to when we was downrange um, together when we met. Right. And, um, right, you know, right. are, are you willing to talk about any of that? I mean, did that impact you as, 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 as a man or as a veteran or because um, I'll share my story. Um, but and you can always say you first, Kevin. But I'm, this is about about you and, and brotherhood and some of the things that stand out about why we I think why we connected just genuinely, honestly, between. Um, I think it's just re- um, respect over the airwaves and holy smokes, I get to meet you. And then it's like, oh, it's the real deal. It's not just what you read. Exactly. Um, exactly. But how, how did you know, how did you feel necessarily about, you know, that duty over there? It's an honorable thing, but I don't think people who've never done it. It's one of those things like, oh, I can imagine what it's like. But when you're there, is it different? It takes on a different perspective. And you there firsthand, you see it as it all unfolds to uh, see the the accomplishment that we made. You know, it wasn't all doom and gloom. And just to see the camaraderie of every branch of service, everybody working together, no matter what what uniform you represent, whether it's uh, Navy, Army, Marine, you know, over there, everybody's on one accord. Everybody's on the same page, we there to make a mission successful. The brotherhood, the camaraderie was unlike I've ever seen in any situation ever that I've served. And within my 24 years, I can actually say that. I know we all have these, the services have their own friendly rivalries, but I can attest that over there and many places that's just totally remote. We all band together. And it don't matter what uniform, as far as what branch of service that you represent, it just just does not matter. And that was just a phenomenal thing to see. Uh, With that, we all banded together when tragedy struck. And the the bad guys, what we'll say for lack of a better term, don't really care about what branch of service that you represent. We all the same. And we are there to, to accomplish the same mission. So their objective is against us in totality. But we band together as brothers and sisters. And, man, that was just a beautiful sight to see in which I'm able to, and I'm sure you as well, have formed relationships and, and friendships with members across every spectrum of the military every last one. So that was a beautiful thing to see. As far as the the uh, PTSD, well, like you, um, it has triggered, well, it, it, it uh, it's something to actually see once you find yourself in a position to, to talk to someone now and to find that thing, something, uh, things, negative things have 
transpired and may have injured them or may have uh, uh, mortally wounded that individual after just speaking with them a short span before their their injury is something that you just take life into a different total perspective right. once you get back home and once you surround yourself with your loved ones we take life more uh, appreciative if you will KJ um, I, I see it unfold every day to where even if I'm driving down the street doc you got somebody that's in a hurry you got somebody who feels slighted when you uh, safely transition from one lane to the other. Somebody may get offended. And this thing called road rage that I see, um, bruh, it ain't worth it. It's just not <laughs> worth it. Um, I don't even look over into the other cars anymore. I, I just don't. I just keep forward because life is just too fragile. And right. even from the outskirts of where we were, where we served together, we can attest life is fragile, but life is also precious. So it, I guess my point is we, we take it and we recategorize what's important in our own lives based on our experiences over there across the water. And yes, that, that is my testament as far as that's concerned. But no, I don't have any problem talking about it. Not uh, one bit at all. And, and I appreciate that. You know, um, I think that, you know, like for me, it's really weird. I used to, I, uh, I wrote a few of these, uh, you know, PTSD and me, uh, th- uh, scripts, you know, I had to write it down because I wanted my thoughts to be clear. Um, and it was funny because, you know, I'd, I'd come to a realization that, you know, what heals me is also what harms me, um, when it comes to managing my PTSD. Um, that's good. You know, you know, for instance, like, you know, I'm retired, you know, I got a nice little living, you know, I got my VA. I don't, I don't need to do this platform. Um, but I chose to, because I felt I had an obligation to give a voice, especially to those who, uh, we say we support that are like, that are veterans. Right. Um, and I'm not talking about, um, you know, for me, I have never had a, a, a murderer that I'm aware of or a pedophile or anything like that. But, you know, we never know who we're going, going out and helping in our community. And usually we go out blindly. Um, and we, let's say if I go feed the homeless, I don't know the history of folks, you know. Um, but I do know I have a heart that wants to help based on what I saw. Like you said, life is fragile, right? And a lot, and a lot of us sign up um, to be those heroes to people. And like when you talked about the road rage, people don't always necessarily see it the way that that you see it or they see it, right? I mean, it um, it's always it's usually not just a two way street; it's like a roundabout, <laughs> you know. And, That's true. And you know, so for me, you know, it's um, it's one of those things uh, where you balance how much do I expose myself to more criticism or, you know, the closed mindedness, like you said, you know, someone you like, look, I don't got time for all that, you know? Um, but you know, when you share your perspective, it, 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 
as always, like, like as always, it has always been um, motivating and inspiring to know that I think whether if I'm one or two degrees off, I'm still moving and doing something good that, you know, uh, you as a man who was on my board of directors, who's a friend who inspired me when we were in combat, um, who gave me perspective to look at things a little differently or, you know, hey, think about it like this. Um, I th- it helps to have validation to know that I'm going the right direction. And I've learned that I like with this, I'm not going to uh, uh, I'm not going to please everybody. And that's not what I came to do. I came to share a story. It's perspective. You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. You can provide feedback. Most don't. Um, and we just move on with life. And, you know, for me, my PTSD, it just like you, it's like I, I believe in service and helping. And I think, you know, one thing about me, I never stand down. Um, I don't stand down. And I don't fear. Um, exactly. but, but keep, keep it honest. And I think you'll find, you know, especially as a faith-based man, most people don't want to keep it honest when it, it requires a little self-awareness and reflection. Exactly. Um, people don't, um, it's kind of like um, when you're at a restaurant and you have to know your limitations and pleasing people, no matter how much you give, it'll never be enough. So to make that your priority can really be tiring and weighing yourself out um, to the extent to where as you give of yourself and as you expend of your resources, your very energies and stuff, well, what happens at the end of the day? Um, and I, again, the restaurant uh, methodology that I'm looking at as far as a waiter or waitress, they bring by a pitcher to continuously fill your glass when you're low, up your tea, your water, your soda, whatever. That pitcher has a source to go back to get refilling, whether it's another bottle, whether it's a fountain, whatever, that pitcher has a source. But not everyone has a particular source that they can go to, but they have to understand where do you go to? Where where does KJ go after he's expended and given all that he has to give? Where does KJ go to get revived? Where does KJ go to get refilling and to get that encouragement, it's a, it's again, life is is it, it categorizes. You have to understand the perspective in which you are meant to walk in. But what's most important in this thing called life? It is fragile. It is delicate. It's precious. And no matter how long you live, back it's short. Um, if if I answered your question, uh, brother. I go to a very dark place sometimes and um, I don't want to come back out. But when I got brothers like you and I don't know if you can hear me kind of getting choked up. um, It's, it's those little miracles of sometimes we're in those spaces and out of nowhere, someone reaches out and says, Hey, where are you at with your VA? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, it breaks my heart that I think that way, but my purpose, uh, I feel like that heals me 
is right. being that fighter that you met that you saw through those email chain, you know, channels, um, yeah. knowing that I'm going out into a world of, um, opinion, um, nearsightedness, shallowness, um, mm-hmm. and being willing to pull the arrows out, knowing that one day they'll, if they really pay attention and listen to become open-minded, they'll understand, um, the lessons a lot of us paid or what drives us, um, to yeah. come to the conclusions that we come to. Um, but man, who, who, hold up. Hey, I need you to sing, sing some Barry White or something for me, man, to, to get me out. To, <laughs> that was, uh, that was, that was a big pill to swallow, man. Um, like, like, you know, people, the people who really, really know me know that I bruise like a peach. You know, I may be a big guy. Um, and you know, most of you, I think I told you this in, uh, in Afghanistan, you know, they're like, man, you know, KJ lives in the gym, but that's my coping mechanism to my PTSD. So there you go. The size is a second order effect, but there you go. many of us become callous to protect our hearts, you know? Right. And if, if you're not as spiritually strong as, you know, maybe I'm not as you are, um, you know, which, you know, I need to do better. Um, our faith, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think I think that's a huge, huge thing that through the through life has always been uh, been questionable. But so you know, I ran across a, real quick, you know, uh, a post of yours, right? And it says I'm part of the fifty, the golden Jew. What what is that? The golden jubilee. And uh, there's a beautiful picture of uh, you and your family. Are you allowed? Are you are you allowed to talk about oh, that? Oh yeah, of course, of course. Uh, in my denomination, my faith denomination, what that did was uh, we came across a milestone in the department in which I in which I uh, operated in my church. It's called the adjutant. And the adjutant in the Latin term means helper. It means assistant. Um, if you think about it, back in the, in the uh, they don't use this term anymore, but uh, Back in the uh, in our early careers, the uh, base commander, the uh, wing commander, would have uh, usually it's the the, uh, the the general would have an aide de camp. Mm. Aide de camp is the same as an assistant. It's like an adjutant. That's the individual that you go to. That individual will go out and make sure that the leader is served properly. That the certain protocols are met and what they do is they are the like the spokesperson for that leader, and I operate in that same function within my Reformation, the uh, the uh, Church of God in Christ, as an adjutant, in which I've been serving in that capacity for well since 1989. So that is what that was the position in which that particular department that auxiliary has uh, been in our church has been 50 years Man, of that 50. I've served since 1989, which is just a, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. So anyway, uh, <laughs> no, that's, but, the, uh, <laughs> that, brother, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, KJ, as we serve, you know, wanna we, we focus back on that word serve. We serve and as we serve we represent members 
school, we determined as our families. We went over with our families in mind. Mm-hmm. We went over to bring service to our country, to this nation. And with that, I think we both did a, a, a pretty good job uh, to bring a sense of dignity, decorum, and again, we united and brought a, um, uh, connected with a lot of uh, comrades from different branches. And uh, I think we did a, a pretty good job. So I salute you in your service as well as what you're doing now to bring an awareness to this thing called PTSD that I'm sure many of us are dealing with at various levels um, to the extent that we too may go into a dark place. We too may go off onto a a ledge. We too may go somewhere and curl up in a a ball, if you will. Uh, 4th of July is a time which I have to turn up the television and I have to turn up whatever sound is in my home because of the, 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 the firecracker sound so much like what you and I experienced over there. Yeah. I can't open up a can of biscuits because of the anticipation of the sound in which it would trigger me to go back to a place that, uh, you know, we've been in more than, and, and it didn't happen to us one time over there, as you can attest. Uh, there were there were days and months that we were going through this battle over there, which we were sent over there for. Right. But, there are things that we just, uh, that you hit on, you have a coping. Your coping is the gym. My coping is taking a walk. My coping may be even getting up in the, the wee hours of the night and just go for a drive because of the fact I just have to uh, get to a place where I can free my mind. Yeah. Um, and if that's not the case, then I cope with... Uh, with the Bible, I may go, I go and pray, I'll go and meditate and I just lay out on the floor and just, just call on the name of Jesus just for peace. Uh, read the Psalms, Psalms 23, Psalms 27 for peace, Psalms 1. Um, and those are some of the mechanisms that I use just to be able to cope because brother, we just want to get from one moment to the next. We want to get from one step to the next step. We want to get from one day to another day. And by the grace of God, here we are again, brother. We made it to yet another day. Through 2020. <laughs> Through 2020. Something I would never imagine. But you know, you you know when you when you talked about um getting through another day, um we probably no, not probably we do because of what you just told me um there's you know a, a, a saying called suffering in silence and um we probably both do you know my my place of solace is uh usually uh i turn off the lights i take a shower and that's probably where you know i do my most weeping when i feeling uh whether it's i feel sorry for myself or like i don't want to be here um but, you know, I think there's a calling for us too. I know it exists in you because you're, you're a spiritual man. You, you're not in the church as long as you are about you. 
about it's others. And I think, you know, when you come up in the profession of arms, you know, we want to be heroes too to our families and to others. And, and our calling is to help. And, you know, that's, that is my other piece of the coping is, you know, like I don't, you know, I know what I've been through and I know what I've gone through and I know why I fought for my people as a chief. And I know why I fight for people on this platform. Um, because I'm not cruel. Um, I won't, I won't, you know, endorse, there's certain one way things that I won't endorse. I just can't, you know what I mean? Yeah, human trafficking, you know, if you're, if you're a pedophile or a rapist, you know, like, I mean, you none of those people are guests, exactly. but you know, if someone makes a mistake, like, you know, you probably saw um, or heard that I did the, uh, the Sergeant Lovely um, interview and then it was an astounding, like, like 95% plus positivity yeah. based on the feedback I got, you know, and, and it's funny because people will go into it with their own lenses and their own biases and they will just already come to a conclusion. And I'm like, well, you know, I was part of the reason why she's was put out. Um, and that's not true. I mean, people, they're responsible for their own actions. They're the reasons why they are where they are. Right. Um, but it blew my mind at the amount of uh, like coming with an open mind. It's 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 about just giving some perspective on some stuff. You can like it, you can leave it, but it just I can't sit back and wonder if someone years later has not managed to move on. And I think you know many of us as leaders have made a ton of mistakes that didn't make it on social media. We've said some stupid stuff probably in our younger days. It's not on social media. And they're all looked at as heroes because their stuff isn't out there. Um, but I think leaders know mistakes are made. You know, you coming from a, a, a faith angle, um, how do you manage that? I mean, do you, do you ever go through like, you know, not just your spiritual and faith, but, you know, you as a guy with PTSD who has a desire to help, I can't imagine you would be one who wants to know that someone's suffering out there and not provide any opportunity within your power to help remedy that. At the end of the day, it's, it's to each one of us. But remember how I said, I can be in a dark place and out of nowhere, I get a message from you saying, Hey, where are you at with this? And it pulls me out immediately. How do you, how do you navigate through that? Or do you have thoughts, you know, uh, advice, you know, cause I'm curious. One of the things that I've done, and it comes with this thing in life called experience. I too have experiences, experienced rather some losses, some heavy losses. And some of the things that I've lost were not all to my doing, but some of the things of which I've done may have contributed to those losses. Now, it was not all that fault, but I can say that I got the brunt end of the blame. And with that, there were times where those who I call friends, those who I've called brothers, were nowhere to be found. As a matter of fact, they were across the street, if you will, metaphorically, they were across the street, and they were the ones that was helping to uh, just assassinate my character and drag my name. So my point in that saying is 
when you needed, when I needed a a word, just something good. Just tell me something good. Even if the outcome is looking really bad, just tell me that it's going to be okay. Just give me something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing hurt. I, 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 <clears throat> nothing. Nothing. I, I, I didn't get that. And uh, even in scripture, you know, when, uh, you know, when, when, when Israel came back from, from Ziglag, you know, King David, along with the men who he served with, found that the city was on fire, the women, the children, livestock were taken. They were wanting to kill the leader. They wanted to kill King David. But the Bible says that King David had to encourage himself in the Lord. And once he got to that place, which was not instant, it was not overnight, but it took David to go through some things to finally get to that place where he had to depend on his true source. And from then on, they were able to go back, pursue, and get back their families, the livestock, and take the land in which the ones, you know, Ziglag, they, they, they conquered that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So with that being said now, to the, to the natural sense, the, the temporal sense, I placed myself in a, in a place of uh, empathy. In my time in service, I was not one to be so quick to write someone up. I, I, I hate paperwork. I, I hated it. Uh, we have these young individuals who uh, made mistakes, and, and hey, we'd be honest, we too have made mistakes. Yeah. And which we had someone to come and advocate for us. Now, we did our part and took our punishment as we should, and we learned from those mistakes. So uh, looking at these scenarios and stuff, uh, when people are in a position of, uh, of trial and error, well, I try to be open-minded, as you say. I, I approach it in an open-minded sense. I put myself in their shoes, um, and I try to do it that I can help them now. Short of being a crime, short of, you know, anything outside, you know, murder, as you say, rapists and, and human trafficking, okay, not that, that, that's crime. That those are, those are felonies in which you're going to have to take account for. And no, it's not your fault that I went out and I did something that I shouldn't have done. That ain't your, that's not for you to blame. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm off what I do. So, in the essence, I again, I step out, I approach these matters in a sense of empathy to try to understand the position in which that person is in at that time, to try to help them out of the hole that they're in. Hopefully, they're shaking off the dust, uh, brush off their, their, their shoulders, square them up, and they... Uh, stand them back up, reestablish their foundation, set them on a rock, and then walk in in the uh, straight and narrow way. So, um, again, I try to approach it. I approach it in the spirit of being humble, being empathetic, listening. Oh, you said open-minded. We got to listen. We don't listen to each other 
as a society as much as we used to at one time. We've gotten away from a lot of the old tenets in which we were raised coming up as children of our day. We've gotten away from those those basic foundations, those tenets, which we were once subjected to ever since not that they've gone away from they're just I guess slowly fading away. We're, we're there. They're being ignored. I'll say it's not that they're they're gone. They're still there, but we just have to acknowledge those tenets again of 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 those old days in which we came up in. They still work, they and our society would be a lot better off if we just listen. If we just listen and love one another and embrace one another, our differences, our whatever, embrace it. And, and let's just, you know, people don't want to, they don't want to agree to disagree. They don't want to, they don't want to embrace that. Uh, you like apple pie, I might like cherry pie, <laughs> you know, but hey, <laughs> together, we, they, they sweet, uh, they taste good with my milk as well as they taste good with your milk, and yeah. it's good. <laughs> and maybe I can persuade you to taste my cherry pie. And we can have a big old nice cobbler, you know, but yeah. we just have to get to the point where we listen and we have to have empathy and we got to have love for one another because everybody needs somebody. Yeah. You know, I had, uh, when I was having a discussion with someone, I had said, um, man, I was like, you're so close minded. I said, you know what that, that made me think of? And they were like, what? And I said, uh, yeah, the person when civil rights movement was brought up, they just were so close minded that. There's no way we could do that. You know, I was like, don't, right. what makes you any different today than the closed minded person back then who wasn't open minded exactly. enough to be like, like, but they don't see it that way, you know? And, um, no, they don't. And, it, and it blows my mind because uh, then I read, I read something else, you know, like social media has a lot of goodness and, and way more badness. Um, but it's yeah, like, exactly. I read it. It's like, someone's mad at you for something that they did to you. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a, that's amazing, because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you see it all the time, and I think that impacts right. those tenants that me and you grew up, where right. you know access to information was based on if I wanted to hear a leader, I I better went to you know the town square or um, right. picked up right. a newspaper and read it, and yeah, man. and now and and, and it, it, I could fall within this category, which is not my intent, but I'm saying, depending on the lens of someone like, like, you know, when I was, uh, um, you know, I have this uh, group called leaderish and I said, um, because I don't think there's any leadership no more. I said, I think everything is leaderish because one leader can say left, the other one can say right. And both are potentially right. And then you have the masses that are confused in their battling. There's contention between the two based on what their history is, what their lenses are, the way they were brought up. And that's not, that's not leading. That's division. Exactly. Exactly. And and so when I did this, um, I do the Sergeant Lovely, um, I will come on and be vulnerable. You know what I mean? Like I will, I will acknowledge how much you mean to me, regardless whether we talk once a week, once a month, once a year, I know you're there. And, and I've never lost your, well, okay. So I create, I coined something. Rodney's, Leadership market value has always been high. It, it, the, the stock has never dropped. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. and I tell people that 
we're being, we're, I used to tell the Chiefs, I'm like, we're actually being counterproductive when airmen can go to a social media site, ask a chief, and you see chiefs thrashing on each other, whether it's politics or this or this or this or this, and we're confusing them. You know, I was like, that's why I didn't, I didn't appreciate it. It was like, you know, and um, I used to say it all the time. I'm like, I don't like it when Chief Master in the Air Force gets on social media and answers my airman's question. What should have been right. said is like, who's your chief? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. But they don't. And, exactly. and I don't think their intent is malicious in nature, but no. sure in the hell isn't helping at the lowest level of the organization. Exactly. exactly. You know, and, exactly. um, and so we live in weird times. Um, and, and I think, you know, that a lot of us are just doing our best but uh, sometimes our best isn't good enough. But we're me and you. You just said it. Me and you are here. So I I, I don't. Well, shoot. There's so much growth. To this. What 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 would you say? Um. So I'm gonna tell you honestly. I miss the most, and I can I can literally I can see you now because one you're taller than me. Um, your voice is much more commanding than mine. And and I don't know if you remember us standing on the road. Um, think about talking. it all the time. I, it, <laughs> I think about it all the time, brother. I think about it all the time, man. And, and I don't know if you remember how many sunflower seeds I was spitting out in the middle. Of <laughs> oh, I remember all the time, man, because I was driving that big old that that beat up Hummer. Yeah, uh, and I didn't I didn't want you to think I was gonna hit you with that big old massive piece of metal, man. But yeah, man, I think about that all the time. Did, and I think that's when we really came to a sense of it was just you and I. We had people around us all the time. We had subordinates coming up on us. We had superiors who were passers by. But that, that moment, that was just me and you. And yeah. We had a heart to heart. And that was the few times in which we've had that it was just Rodney and KJ were able to have a conversation, two senior NCOs having a conversation. And that was just uh, one of those times in which, you know, rather you, whether you know it or not, uh, I needed it and I needed clarity. And maybe it was something that I was missing on a matter at that point in time. And it just evolved into uh, a whole state of awareness on many levels at many fronts, personally and professionally, for both of us, I think, that yeah. helped us along the way. You would call that divine intervention, as I would. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I was just trying to not get my ass chewed by an angry command sergeant major who didn't have his grits that morning. <laughs> <laughs> you had one on your end, and I had one right next to me on my end, man, so. You know, I don't yes, know if sir. you know, I went back. So, you know, when I was there, I got orders. Um, yeah. So I went back to Travis. Then I went to Langley. And then I was back in Afghanistan again, but over on the Air Force side. Just to uh, get. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to get Air Force leveled and go back to Langley and go to McCord. Um, yeah. And I don't know how I made chief, but I did. And. Hey, Amen. You did. Divine intervention. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think there was either, uh, you know, what do they say? Morale, the, the, the beatings will continue until morale improves or something like that. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
you know, and it, it was funny because I wanted out. You know, we talked about that. I was like, man, bro, I want yeah. out. You know what I mean? I'm retiring. And yeah. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I think that I had a purpose. You know, we don't think about it at that time. Um, and, and I think, I think you know, one of the things that the, the younger brothers and sisters who are continuing to serve, um, you know, and, and a lot of folks really, you know, unless they know me, they don't understand me you know they they don't know that i've always yeah. fought for the underdog and i fight hard yeah. and i'll fight dirty if i need to um oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. um and that's for everybody right i mean it doesn't matter regardless yeah. of i don't give i don't care what your color is what your gender no, is you don't, no, I, no, I don't give no, two shits no, none, 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 of that, none of that matters that, no. that don't matter that no. don't matter what's right is right what's that wrong is matter. wrong and um, exactly and here we are. I'm still fighting. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm still fighting, but now oh, I got yeah. I got a partner in crime, right? Um, but I remember this oh, yeah. is this is a story you told me, and then I'm hoping you'll elaborate a little bit on it. And I remember you told me this. You're All like right. you're like, bruh, every time there's an invocation or every time there's a graduation, they, who are they calling because of the voice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they call. They call on me. You yeah, know. they do. Yeah, they do. So, how do you navigate through that? Like, like, what, what would you tell, like, 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 folks out there, you know, who don't um, necessarily understand they have a gift? I think your voice is a gift. It's a blessing. Um, well, uh, yeah. How did you do it? Ahead, what, no, how would you know? What, what would you say to them? Or uh, you know, I. I you have many more talents, but you have a voice that is is magnificent. Um, but I know you had to get tired of it sometimes, or maybe you didn't, or you didn't appreciate it. And there's folks out there who probably have uh, talents and value that, or maybe went through something you went through. When an NBA player goes out in public, uh, Shaquille O'Neal is uh, always in my neighborhood when he comes through quite often. And when they see him out at the uh, neighborhood Walmart or whatever, Shaquille O'Neal expects to be approached. Um, Michael Jordan expects to be approached. Um, uh, a seven-foot human being expects to be acknowledged for the fact that he's tall. So he or she would anticipate, how tall are you? Uh, can I take a photo of you? You're the tallest person I've ever seen. There are attributes in which people have that are, I guess you could say, magnified and which people tend to draw to and, and, and they're just enamored by the fact that they're witnessing or that they see the, that particular attribute for the first time ever or what have you. It's just, it's just something that draws people to that. As you said, yeah, I'm a... Uh, I'm six two, but I'm not big, and I'm I'm a skinny dude. And people, my voice has pretty much changed since I was, I believe, I was talking a little bit deep at the age of six, five years old. Five years old, I recall being baby uh, babysat, and that was one thing that started changing at that point in time. Um, I can also remember someone beating on my door, and this is 
when I was 11 years old, and I rained out who is it, and the individual eventually just hurried off because I guess he thought it was uh, an older man in the house, uh, what have you. I can recall my mother's friends. Uh, I'm almost certain they knew that she was at work, but they were called to ask if she was there. And this is before we had call ID and all that other mechanisms that we have now. We had the house phone. There was no cell phones. So when they called, and I, I was just assuming that they were just wanted just to listen in and see how I'm sounding or what have you. So that was all good. And that was a, yeah, that, that was all great. But my, my voice has come. Also, this was the bad thing with my boys. There was a, a young lady who I just was, well, actually it was two of them. I can tell you one, I know was my soulmate, but, uh, man, I was in love with these girls, man. And when I called their homes one day on both ends, their daddies answered the phone. And when their daddies answered the phone, (laughs) (laughs) man, when the dads answered the phone, I was done. And even though I told them that I was 16, it was... No. All for not, man. It was, no, he said, well, he could be 16, but uh, he sounds too old. And uh, so I lost two girls. I lost two girlfriends, man. My voice got me in trouble two oh, times. Oh, my gosh. With you, two people's daddies, man. You had to practice like the, hi. Oh, hi. Like, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> man. I lost two. I lost that on two. Lost that on a uh, on a few of them. So, oh. but uh, but uh, no, it's 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 been uh, like I said. I I embrace it. I understand that it's unique. Um, it's not the the uh, most eloquent and most polished, but hey, it's what I got. I use what I use it to the best of my ability, and I've uh, been often asked. In times since I was a uh, uh, first station, first station, then uh, in my career of doing prayers at um, um, various events for the uh, for the base, and uh, what most people don't know, I never heard of the Order of the Sword ceremony. None of us did. We went basic training, and I was one of twelve. No, one of eight people that was um, nominated to sing before a four-star general. And at that time, that was the the great Robert Oaks. Uh, mm. He went on to serve in uh, in uh, Europe. And uh, I was afforded as a airman basic in basic training to sing the Star Spangled Banner in front of General Robert C. Oaks, and that was uh, uh, my uh, like my fifth, sixth weekend uh, basic training. No, my fourth weekend basic training. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they chose me, and I, you know, was in the soprano section of that quartet. But uh, yeah, um, um, 
and that was a joke. Uh, no, I was, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, man, it's a bit of blessing. It, uh, I've embraced the fact that people would would feel so comfortable asking me to render a uh, an invocation. I, I just thought that was hey, that, that was great for me. You know? I'm, I'm bro. I'm gonna tell you what, man. We I was almost half tempted to be like, we need to do an impromptu uh Ronnie Bonner and introducing the KJ while I record it. I did that to what another guy who kinda um you know, like like you know, I had my own version of my introduction and uh and it was funny. I don't know if you had ever heard it and um hold on, I'm, try, I'm trying to get to it. And uh they were like because you know there was a DJ called uh uh DJ Slow Jam and James. And he was the pioneer of old school, like love music, you know? And, um, and yeah, it was, uh, it, I, I was like, why can't I be KJ slow jamming James? Yeah, man. Yeah. And so here's, here's a little sample for you, right? Can you hear it? Yeah, I can hear it a little bit, yeah. All right, here, let's... Let, I, want, I want you to... Yeah, rate, I hear it, I hear it, I hear it. All right, I want you to rate this. What's up, people? It's your boy, KJ Slow Jamming James, and you're tuning in to another Kicking It With KJ production coming live from KJ Studios. So sit back, relax, open your mind, and whether you like it, love it, or hate it, when you kick it with KJ... Authenticity. So let's go. <laughs> I think you could do a much better job. I like it, man. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. And it's got that, uh, that uh, you know, you're breaking issues to the table, you know, but you started off, man, real nice. You know, it got that, uh, you know, back in the day, and uh, most young people will probably be asleep, but at the uh, 10 o'clock hour, at nighttime, on various uh, um, urban stations, you would have this this segment called the uh, the Quiet Storm, in which they would play the uh, various love songs and and uh, those particular days. They don't pretty much have. They don't. I don't know of too many of them that have them now. Could be wrong, but uh, it just takes me back to that nostalgic period of time man but uh your introduction is great man it's flowing but hey man you got my support on whatever that i can do man so if that's uh you know craig morgan the uh, country music uh uh singer uh he came just about uh two months after you left he he and his band came over uh members of the uh tv show wild and out they came by um, um, and the one actor from uh, Think Like a Man, uh, he came and uh, they 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 uh, stopped by uh, shop. They performed, but anyway, Craig Morgan had me to redo his um, voicemail, really? <laughs> and uh, that was yeah, man. It was it was it was an honor to do that. So uh, yeah, I, I guess you know, with me, anytime I'm asked. I do feel honored just to uh, have that opportunity as, you know, to be, I'm honored just to 
city and talk to you on this interview is just it's just honorable just to be even thought about. So uh, mm, the honor's by all means, my friend. The honor is mine. You you are an amazing human, a friend, um, a brother in arms. Um, oh, you, yeah. you have always, always, always. Uh, I like to say it's mutual, but I'm going to be you know come from a humble angle. I feel like you have always looked out for me um, more than I have you necessarily, because um, you always reached out to me, and I think there were many times we were supposed to connect, and, and life is what it is, and you might have been like, nah, dog, yeah. was, you were supposed to reach out to me, and uh, never, 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 <laughs> never, 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 matter of fact, um, uh, like I said, I wanted so badly to be at your retirement ceremony, and uh, I, this COVID-19, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that those of us who are safe, I'm prayerful that we all remain safe. You know, we'll get through this pandemic uh, sooner, more, more sooner than later, I would hope. And that's, that's my, my faith, you know, coming alive is the fact that we're going to get through this and we'll be able to get back to the place where we can all reunite and we can all come together again. But, uh, this pandemic has really robbed us of many opportunities that we, I guess, take for granted in in days past. That I think we're going to have a different perspective from going forward. I, I really do, and I, I think the so. reunions will be a lot sweeter. I think the reunions will be a lot more appreciated, and I think that we'll be even more happier just to be able to to shake hands, to hug one another's neck, to sit down at a at a table and share a plate of food and and laugh and talk about good things, you know, things in the in the past, good, bad, indifferent, you know, but it's just about fellowship. And I think that again this this, this pandemic which we will get through uh, won't be easy. Many of us have already suffered losses and of our loved ones and friends on, on on various various magnitudes, but nonetheless, we'll get through this, and we'll be able to have that fellowship once again. But uh, yeah, this this pandemic has really robbed us of many many times, many happy days, and uh, yeah, just many joyous occasions. We've just been. Um, intermittently uh, interrupted right now but we're going to get through this we'll get past this and we'll be able to march on and press on in life as we know and we do it with the best we can man well I think that in uh, 2030 me and you are going to do a face to face interview and we're going to go back and see what has changed in the last 10 years and um, and me and you are both going to laugh and be like um our wheelchairs. No, I'm just messing. I'm just I'm messing because yeah, how broke I am. <laughs> just because how broke I am. You'd be like, I, I don't, I don't know. Hey. You know, like. <laughs> hey. Man, well, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll both get there. Man, I'll tell you we'll what. Be there. 
So the, the, the audience, I mean, we've been blessed, right, just by this talk. But if there was any last words of inspiration that, that you would share, whether it's, you know, about, uh, you know, warrior leadership, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, J.B. Spiso, he's a retired sergeant major. He wrote this book and he was one of the guys that got the interview or, you know, I, I interviewed uh, Larry McCullen the other day and he talked about, you know, it really his theme was love. He, you know, he leads with love and that's kind of what drove everything. Um, uh, buddy of mine, trail, I just interviewed, um, same thing. Like, and, and I feel like that's the theme amongst all of us. It's really weird, but most of the folks that have, um, that I have gravitated towards or they've gravita- gravitated towards me, regardless of the delivery, they know it's catalyzed by love. Um, what would you, what, what, what's the last words of inspiration would you leave uh, for folks before we, uh, wrap up this interview? Well, again, thank you for the opportunity to allow me to to be a part of this, uh, part of your interview. Um, again, I am honored and just elated just to be able to fellowship with you again. Uh, you're doing a magnanimous job, and I just encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, brother. Uh, as far as everyone, anyone that's listening, that's under the sound of my voice, I would say, just to continue doing the best you can. And as those of you who now know that I am a man of God, I will say that always to put your trust in God and hold on to his unchanging hand, even in these times of uncertainty. It might be dark, it might be bleak at times in our lives now, but there's a brighter day coming ahead. So keep looking up, keep looking to the hills, keep looking upward. Uh, that's where our help comes from. And better days are yet ahead. So I just want to encourage you all that whatever you do, take it day by day, take it step by step, and moment by moment. But continue just to stay encouraged. If you have a need, if you have a deficiency, my plea is that you reach out to somebody. Reach out to to KJ, reach out to your your uh, family, loved ones. Uh, we are here to listen, if anything, just to hear you out and to give you whatever resources we can. But please don't think that you're in this fight all by yourself. We all are in this together. Man. My boy Rodney Barner. Vet retired. Kevin James. Inspirational man. Um, I think those are words to live by. Um, super grateful for you, and I hope they are as well because time is money. But we put yeah, these man. we put these this gold out there, right? And and we hope people oh, yeah. will follow it. Um, Rodney, it's been my honor, honestly, um, to not only interview you, but to call you a friend for you always looking out for me and to continue being that selfless leader. I, I hope people will, um, they will hear your words and understand that you're not alone. Don't suffer in silence. And yeah, from KJ studios, everybody, uh, uh, with love and respect. I hope you're well, take care. Bye.